1: Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from the week that was, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independence, along with luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on luchacentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and more. And don't forget our streaming partners at thechairshot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team introducing first he is the dashing one mr dusty murphy dusty how are you
2: i'm doing fantastic how are you doing miranda
1: i'm doing well very well so well in fact i'm going to be bringing in the member third member of this trio and that's who 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 it is the one and only brendan Barr.
3: that's who hello there
1: Hello, hello gentlemen. Uh, it has been a minute uh since we've all been together in this format. We hope you listened to last week's episode, which was an interview with King Fat Boy himself, Papo Esco, uh of also part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network family uh with his own podcast uh that's on the network and of course you know, wrestling out here on the west coast representing the boricuas representing lucha libre and it was a really fun interview with him
3: he had some news about that podcast too but i'm not gonna spoil it you gotta listen
1: you gotta listen yeah straight out of the bodega yeah. Uh, which you can find previous episodes on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. That includes the YouTube, as well as all of the major podcast streaming platforms we just talked about. Check it out. Papo Esco knows how to talk, not only just as a promo man, but, man, his knowledge of wrestling, his understanding, right. his thoughts and opinions of wrestling at Lucha are mind-blowing. So make sure to check it out. But it feels good to be back in this format, to be with all of you this week, sharing pretty much, going over everything that happened this week in the world of Lucha Libre. Some pretty big events all over the spectrum, with promotions all over the place. Big news, maybe news you haven't heard about quite yet. We're going to give it to you on this week's episode. So let's go straight into it with news of the week with Brendan.
3: Alright, uh, um, as my notes disappear away from me, uh, so we, we, again, as you might imagine, we have more than a few things, so, uh, I'm gonna try and get a few of these, these, uh, highlights kind of go all over the, the board as Miranda alluded to. Um I did want to mention that, uh, Joe Dombrowski officially, and this was a couple of weeks ago as of time of recording, but, you know, things <laughs> have happened. Uh, did officially announce that he has signed a deal to, with AAA to do English commentary. And I'm sure Dusty will have a whole lot more on what the significance of that means is. But for us, this is a guy that I've, uh, I've seen at Expo Lucha. I believe, uh, he did some commentary for Expo Lucha matches. So it was definitely something I wanted to, to toss congratulations on there because that's a big deal. Secretly it was a gig I wanted to get, but you know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right? We could have done the English commentary, the three of us. That would have been great. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so congratulations, Joe Dombrowski, on being uh, part of the AAA English commentary team. And a very small promotion that I, I shouldn't I mean, – don't be offended by me calling you very small, guys. VXS uh announced that they are going to have an event in Las Vegas. On 526 in the Nerd Bar, if uh, I'm reading that right, which, I mean, Miranda agreed with me off the air, so I hope that that's true. But uh, anyway, they're going to have – they're having a few matches, and the Nerd Bar seems to really like Luchadors because they have announced Jimmy Lloyd versus Psycho Clown uh Drew Parker versus Eddies and uh Nick Wayne versus Chris Bay and I will once again reinforce that Nick Wayne counts as lucha because during his formative years even though he's still a very young man he was wrestling out of Lucha Libre Volcanica largely cuz they were one of the only places that uh would let a person under age do uh do any wrestling thanks to lucha tradition so I feel that makes you more luchador than anybody in a wrestler at 16. Um, and then uh we had, so Progress Wrestling has an event called Super Strong Style. Uh, this will be a, the 16th version of the tournament. So for those of you who are really not aware, Progress Wrestling is all the way over in the United Kingdom. And Super Strong Style is based on the Japanese tradition. Yet we're still getting lucha talent in there. Aramis is going to be part of the the whole thing, so I just thought that was a, a kind of a neat little uh, neat little thing. I also Aramis is like now uh, globe trotting, so you know, look out world. He if you see the the master of the strange style, or and uh, and Aramis, I apologize, that was Ares I was referencing there. Aramis, the musketeer. All over the world, you are in for a treat. Uh, and then, um, Republic of Lucha has been announcing more shows coming up. So we're going to have a show called Midsummer. These are some of the announced matches from the card. Uh, you're going to have a Republic of Lucha versus Santino Brothers March match with, uh, Zokre, Little Cholo, and Danny Limelight, representing Republic of Lucha, uh, against uh and this is where it gets weird, Miranda. You need to to calm down before I say any of this. Slice Bookie is the only person announced for the Santino (laughs) Brothers side.
2: Interesting. (laughs) Right? But Danny versus Slice, like come on. And uh Sasha and Naomi would have walked out over that.
3: (laughs)
1: Justicia.
3: <laughs> well, uh, so we, we, uh, we know because we, we, we talk with people. Slice had been kind of doing different things and looking at doing different things. So just him being on the card alone is interesting. So uh, I'm going to be looking at that with some curiosity to see where they go with that. But that's just the opening match that they've announced. Uh, they also have Ares versus Fatu. Uh Dante Martin versus Bandito and what's probably going to be the internet match of the night. Uh and why on earth I chose to do this in the in uh this particular color, I don't know. Thunder Rosa and Anakin Rosa versus Sky Blue and Black Danger in a uh mixed tag match. Uh and again, I, Black Danger has been working kind of that Southern California, Northern Mexico area for a while now. I'm really hoping that this is the beginning of him kind of breaking out because anything with Thunder Rosa and it gets eyes on it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you have some guys called the Lucha Bros in the main event and they're wrestling against Johnny. He's listed as Caballero this time. So he's sticking with the, the triple A gimmick or a triple A gimmick and Daga. So, that's going to be a super interesting card. That's 619, the uh, Republic of Lucha. They typically have, if it sells out, they typically have a streaming option and a video on demand option. So uh if you are in the California area, though, just buy a ticket because that's going to be an amazing show. Uh <laughs> I heard Dusty getting excited about that.
2: Well, it's been a while since we've seen Daga, especially right? in a main event yeah. context like this. Yeah. That's really exciting. I always enjoyed his work, and <laughs> I feel like he's underrated. So to see him in the main event, yeah, that's exciting.
3: Well, I mean, when we did see a lot of him before, we did see him working with the Lucha Bros, either on the same side or on opposite sides. So uh, it makes sense to me that they would they would – Tap, tap him to uh, to do kind of a main event sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's the that's my news of the week. I was trying to keep it slim, trim, and and mean because we've got a bunch of stuff to cover. Uh, so for the indie roundup this week, speaking of that, Miranda, our our current workhorse, who is doing a tour schedule that is not to be second to anything else. My goodness. Was at two shows in the last couple of weeks, uh, so Miranda, why don't you tell us about the shows and, and, uh, what, what the fans missed out on?
1: Yeah, well, technically, <laughs> now that I look back at the calendar, there was three shows, cause that there was one <laughs> why I missed recording on Cinco de Mayo. Um, which was uh so I'll start there. Border Promotions based out of here in Phoenix did have a three day lucha libre extravaganza out here, uh which encompassed uh several uh luchadors over a series of three days. I would say probably the most action packed of that of those three days, uh, was the very first Day, um, and that's because you had some pretty big lucha names um, in presence, including Psychosis, uh, Bestia, say say and Damian say say say, Psycho Clown, uh, El Dragon, uh, Drago uh VIP all um were in attendance uh at that show. Um and the main event of that show was a lucha libre rumble slash scramble match to crown the new uh board promotions mexicano champion which vip won um but it did include the likes of pretty much all of the names that i had uh, mentioned uh also mini abismo negro was also um, in there as well so uh, lots of big lucha libre names um in phoenix uh on cinco de mayo and actually a fun note. Uh in seeing Psycho Clown, I did see a memory pop up in my uh, timeline about last Cinco de Mayo also being with Psycho Clown in Las Vegas for Psycho de Mayo. So I feel like I just have to spend every Cinco de Mayo with Psycho Clown from now on.
3: Uh, that Uh That is not a tradition I can endorse or support.
1: It is, uh, <laughs> I love, again, as always, I always have to commend Psycho Clown. He was there. From beginning to end, you know, the kids adored him, signing every single autograph, every single photo, you know, that he took. Like, he is truly, we we maybe say this in tongue-in-cheek, but also with a very full heart, you know, the John Cena of, of Lucha Libre, where, you know, wherever he goes, kids, families follow. And he is such a big icon and role model. And I see that every single time I I interact with him and every time i i i happen to see him at a show
3: i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little bit of a shout out on on this too when we were watching i was watching triple mania lucha libre fan roy lucier was at ringside and i noticed that he gave F- psycho clown a thumbs up i teased him about it on twitter and then he replied by showing a picture in support of this of psycho clown and him posing at ringside so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Psycho Clown is is uh, even though he's my nemesis, he's a fan favorite, and he's he's all about making the fans happy. So I will uh, not deny that. Even though, even though uh, I really want Sam Adonis to to beat him up.
1: Yes, and that's all, that's a whole. <laughs> uh, on the opposite end of that, even though I'm jumping ahead, I did speak with Sam Adonis. Uh, this past Saturday in Phoenix, he was here for Phoenix Championship Wrestling where he teamed with Lord Draco to face, uh, Gabriel Gallo and Elden Finau. And in my very brief conversation with Sam Adonis, uh, talked about, you know, his work with AAA, how much he really enjoys working with AAA, um, is currently looking to, to work more throughout mexico um he will be going there in the next few weeks and we'll be having a little bit of an extended stay there and you know one thing too that we saw again that he had the next day that this past sunday in um in in chicago was him and psycho clown uh, again facing each other once again um in and, and galley lucha libre and so i have told him and shared with him many a times how they have fight forever feels sam adonis and psycho clown can fight forever and ever and any every time it's you know a little bit of the same but by that i mean you know you you know that you're going to get a quality match they always just have a great chemistry uh with each other and you're absolutely right i mean yeah, shut up and take my money with Psycho <laughs> Clown and Sam Adonis. Uh, and I hope to see more of this, hopefully on the larger scale, i.e. triple A scale, in the future.
3: Um, And then I do, since you mentioned the galley, uh, they did, they swapped belts recently. I believe <laughs> it's Psycho Clown is the new current champion that happened on uh, a few weeks ago. So I'm out of date on my information, but they did swap belts because uh, that's part of this whole. Fight Forever Energy, you're you're definitely feeling. Yes.
1: So jumping back to the past, we also had Lucha Libre Mexicana, uh, which is a Master Public sponsored show, third time in Agua Caliente Casinos in Cathedral City, California. Uh, an amazing thank you to the Agua Caliente Casinos there uh, in, in Cathedral City. I mean the the staff the tribal elders, the management there. Uh the community continue to be so supportive of Lucha Libre Mexicana. Um and it's once again a fantastic show. Uh a few matches to note. Uh we started off with a trios or I'm sorry not trios triple threat match. Hurican Negro uh versus Bionico versus Meglodon. Uh with that Hurricane or Bionico won that match uh, we also had a Lucha de Trios match. Uh, the team of Maverick, Volcan, and Black Danger versus Anubis, Griffin, and Super Astro Jr., who's been a stable at Lucha Libre Mexicana. Uh, Super Astro Jr. as team one. Uh, so another successful victory for him. We also had a Lucha de Parejas, a mixed tag match uh J2 Maratoli and Amazona versus Bamboo and Baronesa. Uh the team of Bamboo and Baronesa won. And then uh we also had a, another tag match uh, this one's more on the American style here. Uh, Flyboy Freddy and Nick Xander faced Remy Marcel and Dom Vitale with the veterans R- Remy and Dom winning that match. Up against the newcomers of Nick and Freddy with a very good fight, but unfortunately they came up short. And then our main event, a historic tag match, uh, the team of Angel Blanco and Misterioso versus Ray Oros and... Octagon, uh, celebrating 40 years within the Lucha Libre and wrestling community. Um, such a great match with Ray Uros and Octagon winning. Um, and so. I mean, this one, too, with Octagon, his presence with the community, how much he appreciated his time in the ring. And someone who has, you know, given decades to wrestling in the world of Lucha Libre, um, it was fantastic to see him work with someone of the likes of Ray Uros, um, in them in on that show um lucha libre mexicana hopefully coming back to cathedral city sometime later this fall make sure to stay tuned to our podcast because we will let you know when that's happening again
3: because at least one of us is gonna be there if not all of us uh i do have a quick question it is actually not very wrestling related but uh you there was a wrestler on the card named bamboo and uh, in in panda bamboo means delicious dinner. So I was trying to figure out what that would mean for a luchador.
1: I think it's just bamboo.
3: And so it's it's yes. it's still he's just naming himself after a delicious wooden treat.
1: Yes, <laughs> I mean, granted, I I see where you're going here. I feel like we have a tag that needs to happen between <laughs> right. Ultimate Panda and Bamboo. <laughs>
3: Or, or versus – I mean, either side of the ring will work for
1: Other me. side, but, you know, <laughs> I see where you're going with this, and I like the way you're booking this. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and then uh, this past Friday, so Friday the 13th, PCW Ultra return for the first time this year with a super stacked card. And this was my very first PCW Ultra experience um, attending. And it was absolutely worth the six-hour drive there. Um, it was a, a fantastic show from top to bottom. And some very notable matches for those uh, of you interested in Lucha Libre. Uh, we had B-Boy versus Nick Wayne in an old-school versus new-school oh. type of match. Man, um, I wish I'd gone to that show now. Yes. Uh, in which Nick Wayne won Uh We also had our boy Papo Esco Who talked about this match uh On our interview last week Versus Rob Shit. And Papo Esco set out You know to do what he did Uh And I said it's spoiler alert But it happened Papo Esco Won his match And afterwards had a very heated Let's say Uh promo against the audience really targeting War Beast uh and Joseph Samael and we'll get into that a little bit later but um it does look like uh Joseph Samael is answered uh Papo Esco's call uh and we will see um this coming up in the next show. I'm not gonna tease too much of that until we get to it. But anyways. Just know that Papo Esco won his match and made his statement known in PCW Ultra like he said he would in our interview last week. We also had your Ultra Light Champion, Jay Vidal, face Jack Cartwheel. Uh, Jack Cartwheel, who's most recently uh, been uh, in Mexico as well. That was an incredibly fun match. If you love flippy shit, that was a match you great work between the two jay vidal retained we also had in another uh championship match uh donica de la rouge (laughs) viva van in uh, a match for the pcw uh ultra women's championship in a Falls count anywhere. All violence is legal match. And boy, did they hold true to that um, where they took the action all the way up back to pretty much the entrance ramp uh, where Viva Van was able to pin Donica and win the women's championship once again to become a two time women's champion in yeah. W ULTRA.
3: I, uh, I had a chance to speak with Danica recently and she said that, uh, she really likes doing this hardcore style. She, uh, wants to do something a little different from what she thinks most women do. So yeah. we talked a little bit about Taya at that point, but like, I, I'm happy to hear that, uh, her and, and, uh, Viva Van were mixing it up like that. That's, a, that's amazing stuff. Yes.
1: And then for your main event, we had L.A. Park versus Sin Bodhi. And this was a lucha of lucha matches. Uh, a special shout-out to referee Scott Johnson. Scott Johnson had, however you want to view this, the pleasure or the pain in this match. Literally, as he had his shirt just ripped open, uh, water poured on his back, and got slapped on the back with L.A. Park's belt um, with, yep. with immense pain. And Scott Johnson is a consummate professional, um, a, a lucha libre, you know, experienced not only referee, but commentator as well. Uh, and so Scott was fully aware of what could happen in this match and still put himself on the line. In this, so there's some fantastic pictures on p c w ultra 's uh social media pages, but this was exactly what you thought it would be very hard hitting and brutal action in and out of the ring you know l a park really coming in as one of the you know boss hog brutal luchadors in the entire world and he faced someone in Sinbodi who it does not shy away from violence did not shy away from the strange and the unordinary so a very good matchup in that LA Park won uh in this contest uh but not without you know getting out into the ring throwing some you know trash cans around gave me vibes of you know pro wrestling revolution um and and that, and that <laughs> yep. uh but uh you know uh, so again very different when you have two very erratic somewhat you know men uh with very different styles um it, but also uh, at the same time very similar um and it it was truly a highlight of the night um and la park you know winning his bout um and leaving pcw ultra um, as a winner So again a fantastic show Also announced um, during the show And has been shared on social media since then Their next show will be July 15th And it will feature uh, A tag match Of uh, Papo Esco And uh, Slice Boogie uh that team versus war Beast, joseph al classic yeah yes yes <laughs> uh and, and jacob fatu so mm. that match like legitimately shut up and take my fucking money like <laughs> right. nothing about that match am, am I not going to be glued to my seat and and watch like already and and shout out to Word Beast with the fuck New York shirt already that was that was the vibe that was literally the vibe in there and he's capitalizing on it and and I love Poppo I support him 150% but also West Coast is the best coast so I'm I'm already torn in five different ways through this
3: right that was they were starting that uh F New York chant when I was down there yeah. last and uh I was torn the same way but uh
1: Uh, Oh,
3: it's official uh, now in t-shirt mode. uh, Yeah, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. I do wanna, I do wanna hype up the, uh, the, the thing you mentioned with the referees. Uh, for fans out there who have not seen LA Park Live, often when things don't go well with him and the referee, what Miranda described happened is exactly what's happened. That is something we've seen up here at Defy. We've I've, saw, I've seen it down at uh, Expo Lucha. If you are a referee and you want don't want to get uh, your backside whipped, probably choose to referee a different match than LA Park. Because if you even if he even thinks you arguing with him, he'll uh, probably take it out on you. But very exciting for the fans. Always something worth uh, worth your money to go see for sure. So.
1: And last but not least, during the show, they did announce their next show will be Friday, July 15th. PCW Ultra presents Way Out West and already announced for the show is Lince Dorado and Killer Kevin Cross. So
3: who are those guys?
1: Yes. So uh already if you if you weren't incentivized enough by, you know, this bodega uh, team of slice boogie and Papoesco Esco versus War Beast, you may wanna, you know, steer your head that way due to Lindsay Dorado and Kevin Cross, especially since, you know, both men I'd say Lindsay's a little bit more of a rarity out here on the West Coast um for now for now i know (laughs) kevin is still i mean killer cross is still all over so he doesn't necessarily pop up on the west coast as much as he used to and already in that dynamic in that showcase i mean come on you just you just you just have to go uh tickets are available you can go to pcw ultra on their social medias as well as pcwjuly.eventbrite.com uh, more announcements will be coming out over the next few weeks um, and it it is a fantastic show uh, again my first pcw ultra experience attending it is absolutely worth the hype the fans are amazing i just want to do a very very special shout out to jesus who at the Ultra Show, he came up to me, let me know that he was a fan of the podcast, which I always am still surprised when people even say that they listen to the podcast. Uh, but he had talked about how he listens to it at work, how he enjoys the show, and it meant so much to be able to hear about his experience. Um, he's also a very avid Lucha Libre fan. Uh, out in California and uh, goes to a lot of Lucha shows. And so, you know, anytime uh, he's at a show, he always tries to, you know, represent on his social media. Um, And I just, just a big thank you to him because it was so cool to meet someone who's, you know, listens to the show uh, and and supports the show and is himself an amazing fan and a great fan of Lucha Libre.
3: Yeah, that's really great. I, I thank you for for listening. I, I appreciate it. I will see you in California at some point and we will drag Dusty out there at some point, too. But. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you
1: can't come drag the willing. Yes, come at it. So I, I, you know, thank you, Brendan, for letting me take over this week's <laughs> Indie Roundup. I have a feeling I may do a little bit more of that over the next few weeks uh and months as more shows come up i'm yeah. happy to do so uh because i love being able to come back uh to the team and share my first hand accounts as a fan uh and as someone who does announce some of these shows it's great to be able to see both sides so uh make sure to support your local independent wrestling organizations but also check out again PCW Ultra, uh, Phoenix Championship Wrestling, Board Promotions, uh, Mass Republic Lucha Libre Mexicana. That in particular, keep your eye out at Expo Lucha because mm-hmm. they will have shows, uh, at Expo Lucha Live in a few weeks. Um, there's already been, uh, two sets of shows that are announced, uh, for the Saturday. I believe that's June 10th and then a evening show on June 11th. Um, and that's going to be just a mad showcase. So check out ExpoLuchaLive.com for schedule and ticket information for Expo Lucha. Whoo! And with that, we're gonna move on to, you know, the time it is. It's Denise Alcedo who's going to let us know what's happening this week with Lucha Central Central.
3: Why should you visit
2: thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with
1: attitude.
2: Why? Because you're smarter than the average fans. Thechairshot.com. Always use your.
0: and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.
1: As always, a big thank you to Denise who... Gives us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Whew, I'm still coming down from all of that indie roundup stuff, so I'm going to pass <laughs> it on to Dusty for this week in AEW.
2: Yeah, we had kind of a interesting week, I guess, in AEW. First of all, if you are a big fan of ring work, this week's Dynamite was just fantastic. Uh, the first match was Hangman versus Takeshita. That was fantastic. Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly was so good. Maybe Kyle O'Reilly's best match ever. Just amazing stuff. But the real thing we want to talk about this week is the King and Queen of Hearts tournament. Everything that we had kind of guessed and hypothesized about the Queen of Hearts told us that Taya was going to debut. We had so much going on, at the end of Triple Mania and the kind of tie into AW. It it all made sense for Taya. The early on we had the men's King of Hearts tournament, and who comes out? Johnny Lee, formerly known as John Morrison, formerly known as Johnny Mundo, Johnny Drip Drip, whatever you want to call him, Johnny Nitro, he Caballero. Johnny Caballero. <laughs> he has been everywhere. And, but he finally debuted in AEW. Uh, allegedly, he hasn't signed a contract yet. It's a series of appearances rather than, like, an all-elite contract. But all of this telegraphed us that we were going to get to see Taya the Queen of Hearts go up against Britt Baker. And they finally, I mean, they really drew it out through tonight. We finally get the Queen of Hearts match, and it's Maki Ito. like. What a disappointment. Everything had kind of telegraphed that it might be Taya. Johnny Caballero, Johnny, you know, Elite, whatever you want to call him, showing up. That telegraphed that we were gonna get Taya. And then Taya didn't show up. So it really deflated the women's match for me. But at the same time I feel like the story in the women's Queen of Hearts tournament is for Tony Storm to kind of win. It's at least to make a star. It's going to be Tony Storm or Ruby Soho. That's just kind of how it's looking right now. And if that's the case, maybe Taya didn't need to come in for that. She's already a star. She doesn't need to be made legitimate in the eyes of a TV audience, but at the same time, it could have really legitimized her for the AEW audience that may not have been familiar with Lucha Underground or Impact or Triple-A. There's a lot of cards at play, and yeah.
3: Yeah, I feel like that is a very small percentage of AEW fans.
2: I agree, and so yeah. I feel like something bigger for her is more important, but the uh, Reina Dorena's championship, you know, it, it figures into everything too, and I allegedly, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was I had a question for you. Just okay.
3: because you were watching it, what I was hearing is that they actually it felt like the energy kind of went out of the crowd when the Maki Ito announcement was made and-
2: oh yeah,
1: yeah. its just, I just so you know it's such a niche it's like a niche within a niche audience who would know you know, about Makito, and and so I just, you know, it's just such a subset compared to someone, you know, from a larger scale. I mean, we talked about Ember Moon, you know, off-air, of Valkyrie, you know, someone with a little bit more of an American presence. I think there's there's definitely a subset of AEW fans a lot more in the know regarding, you know, uh, Japanese wrestling, Uh, but I honestly think the majority are much more ingrained into the American style so I'd be surprised if like I don't know 30 percent of that audience knew who she was
2: yeah they instantly deflated when she came out and like you say she's such a even within Japanese women's wrestling her audience is so niche that it's yeah it was a odd choice I'd say that the AEW audience at large had, you know, pretty much forgotten about her. They tried to play it off as them being former tag team partners, but it happened one time, like a year ago. And it was just a poor choice. The Owen Hart, Queen of Hearts tournament, Taya being from Canada, the whole thing was just so poetic in a way, and it felt like such a lock that I'm really surprised they didn't go with that it just feels like a a step down but at the same time it if they weren't going to let Taya win I mean yeah. Johnny lost in his match to Samoa Joe but he looked fantastic if you like what he does he looked fantastic if you don't it looked a little rehearsed and just kind of choreographed like he does but what he does he's fantastic at and
3: I saw that ankle pick like, that was all over Twitter. Like, for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to, Johnny did a forward roll, which somehow ended up with him grabbing an ankle. Like, it just is crazy. Just really good stuff. So, yeah.
2: No, it, it is. It's great stuff, and it felt like we were building to something, to a crescendo in the evening. And then, like I said, Maki Ito came, and everything just felt flat after that. We'd previously had one of the best shows in terms of work rate, and then, you know, this kind of happens. And, yeah, I don't know, just a big deflation, at least, for me as a fan, and just kind of...
3: I don't think you're alone in that. That's kind of why I was checking to see if you agreed with my assessment, my here knowledge of the crowd there, because... Uh, yeah, I mean it's more than just Maki Ito being less than well known there's there's a certain something to be said for the fact that there was a lot of buzz about who who it could have been and Maki Ito was not one of the big names AEW fans will of course come after me and say that they love her and they were all talking about her i did see that but i saw more names being thrown out there like Taya like uh, any of the current indie women's wrestlers that are still out on the circuit, uh, many of which were on Impact, so, you know.
2: Just. Yeah, and Taya had kind of been pulled from matches here and there and been replaced, and a few, even Chelsea Green replaced during a match for Impact. And so it kind of looked like that's where we were headed, but it didn't happen. And so, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with AEW. The go ahead. speaking
3: of good, sorry, just you, I have to say it now. Speaking of good Canadian female wrestlers, Chelsea Green.
0: Yes,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
2: uh, and she was on Lucha Underground. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Arachnia or something like that. Yeah. She had the spider gimmick in the fourth season, the one that most people didn't watch, but mm-hmm. she was fantastic if you watched it. And yeah, big fan of Chelsea Green. Just so cool that. She's still doing her thing that they're really getting popular, but it's a letdown for Taya fans, especially if you were expecting to see her in AEW. I I, I assume we'll see her. The end of Triple Mania kinda telegraphed that. And let's we'll see what happens. It looks like they're gonna try to tie all that into some future storyline. I guess we'll just transition to AEW, or (laughs) from AEW to AAA. I'll mention it. They released a clip on social media this week of the Young Bucks kind of dogging on Vikingo, making a lot of puns with his name. And then they asked him, you know, well, if he was such a good champion, why didn't he come up to AEW and defend it? You know, maybe they'd challenge him. And then they said maybe Kenny Omega would come back and challenge him for the title, try to take the title back. So at least it seems AEW has a lot of plans for Vikingo. We've talked about that before, that he seems to be the guy that AEW has anointed from AAA. We're seeing more signs of that. It was only on social media. Apparently it didn't air on TV in Mexico, so it may not be building too much. But it, nothing else it shows a sign that the Bucks really think highly of Vakingo, and before we knew it was Kenny. Kenny was the guy that was high on Vakingo. Now we know the Bucks are high on Vakingo. That's pretty much all the VPs now that Cody's gone. Like, those are your your guys. I'm sure
3: Cody liked him too, but, you know.
2: Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Very exciting for Vakingo. A lot of cool stuff going on there. The other news in uh, AAA, not a whole lot going on. But the the main thing is that their YouTube channel is worldwide again. Occasionally, you could get a page or two to load on YouTube, but outside of Mexico, their actual landing page, the AAA homepage, would not load for anybody in the United States or anybody outside of Mexico. So the fact that they've got that working and got things going, it's a very positive sign. The lawsuit with Lucha Libre FMV is apparently still going on. AAA has just successfully dodged it for so long at this point, I think that they're getting more and more confident all the time. The YouTube outage was allegedly due to technical issues, not due to anything with the lawsuit. But, I mean, of course, after they successfully dodged it, they're not going to admit that it was because of the lawsuit now
3: right
2: yeah very interesting we've got another night of triple mania coming up in about four weeks june the 18th in tijuana big stuff then very exciting chapter two chapter three is in october in mexico city a lot of triple a stuff going on no idea what's going on with the lawsuit like i say everything that we're seeing shows that triple a is making a kind of Push towards the United States, and we're seeing a lot more of their presence in the United States again and they're kind of regaining that momentum they lost little during the pandemic and things are really getting exciting. this feels like the most important AAA has felt in several years actually is the the current time. So keep your eyes on AAA. lots of exciting things happening there. Oh, and I would be remiss. I cannot believe I forgot. Brendan mentioned it. Um, Joe Dombrowski, he is the new announcer. He has been everywhere. i so glad. I tried to remember. I thought I had it in my notes. I do not have it, but I believe he has called over 5,000 matches. I read that somewhere. This
3: oh, week. wow.
2: Yeah, but he's literally worked for everybody. TNA, Ring of mm-hmm. Honor, GFW, CZW. Uh, I mean, he's been. There's,
3: there's the connection. I knew there was a reason. Okay.
2: Yeah. NWA. <laughs> uh, he, he's even called matches in Qatar and the Middle East. He has been everywhere and he just gets it. And he understands wrestling. So to have him for AAA is a huge improvement over the previous several, I guess, because they kind of had a rotating English announcing team. But, unless you just enjoyed the chaos and confusion, this is way better than Matt Stryker and Vampiro. It finally feels like AAA are treating their English commentary as an important component of AAA. I,
3: I enjoyed the passion, which led to the confusion, but I
2: really, <laughs> I really I thought, that, you know, and but the, but I, I preferred the clarity. I, yeah. I, well, I think they needed,
3: I, they needed a different balancer. they needed somebody who could be the stone cold facts person so that mm-hmm. you could have, Matt Stryker and and Vampiro being passionate like that.
1: He uh, has been partnering uh, with uh, Larry Dallas. Um, And so Larry Dallas is very much the color to, you know, his uh, play-by-play for Joe. So uh, in the limited uh, clips I've heard, uh, they have a pretty good dynamic. I
3: thought they were fine. There were people that were on the, in the fight chat channel that were obviously going to complain about it, but, uh, the majority of people were very happy with the commentary. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're listening, I'm usually in the fight channel, uh, <laughs> chatting with people too. Cause I did wrestling needs to be shared. So I will be on Twitter and I'll be in the fight channel. Just look for me. It'll say 321 T.
1: Right. Well, thank you, Dusty, for both this week's AEW and AAA news. Don't forget, you can check out LuchaCentral.com for your results of everything of AEW this week. Up next, speaking of places that Joe Dabrowski has announced, Major League Wrestling. (laughs) There's truly not been a place this man has not touched. Uh, Major League Wrestling, this week in MLW, uh, a few points to note. Of course, this week in Major League Wrestling, of course you had Fusion. It is available on YouTube. For free, just one hour. It's again such a digestible, easy to watch show, very entertaining. Your main event, we finally got the matchup that we've been waiting for. 5150, the team of Rivera and Hernandez versus Devon Erics, Ross, and Marshall in a bunkhouse brawl match. And what that means, that just means all of this bunkhouse brawl things like hay barrels and uh pitchforks and doors and chairs, all of that was legal, no disqualifications. And the match itself started off Fast and Furious, the Von Eriks just salivating at the thought of getting their hands on 5150 after truly months of them antagonizing the Von Eriks, belittling them, uh, you know, berating them, their family history, something that the Von Ericks are very, very proud of. So They went in hot, um, very kind of wild and crazy match. Anything, you know, as you could see as far as, you know, a no DQ with weapons allowed. Not so much a lot of lucha in this, unless you want to think about more of that brawler crazy style. Um, And with that, the Von Eriks won this match with the Iron Claw on Hernandez for the pin and it does also seem you know with this win that the Von Eriks may be looking for that tag team gold. But also with that we do see fifty one fifty, even though Slice is no longer in the picture right now, you still have Hernandez, Rivera, and Dr. Julius Peppers, you know, in the mix as 5150. Um, so their presence is still known within MLW. A very interesting note about next week. So during last week's MLW episode, at the very end, we had Cesar Duran to call this press conference to address the public regarding uh, the MLW World Heavyweight Championship and Richard Holiday being confirmed as the new number one contender. Alex Hammerstone came in very irate and agitated at both men, but primarily Holiday. Uh, he came to confront Richard Holiday at the podium during the press conference and with that accidentally knocked out Cesar Duran. Something that, of course, Cesar Duran was not happy at at all. And in this week's episode, did decide to do something about it and has declared and put himself in a match against Alex Hammerstone next week. Well, I don't know what that's going to be, what it's going to look like with Cesar Duran. Nothing as it ever appears. So I do not foresee Cesar Duran even getting out of a suit. So that way he would face Hammerstone. I have a feeling. This, that
3: was my instant reaction. You're going to see shenanigans. So, yes. Yeah.
1: I, I just do not imagine him getting in any type of, of clothing related to wrestling outside of his business suit. Uh, Cesar Duran is a man of of, of business, uh, of luxury, uh, of the finer things and I cannot imagine, you know, putting him him putting himself in a situation where he would have to physically wrestle anyone, let alone less the MLW World Heavyweight Champion in Alex Hammerstone. So, uh, But that is absolutely something that I'm going to keep in tune for next week. I need to know what happens Right. with Cesar Duran and Hammerstone. Also announced, uh, we did get some news regarding Battle Riot happening in New York on June 23rd. The very first five participants for Battle Riot have been announced, which include Lindsay Dorado, Marshall von Erich, Alex Kane, Calvin Tankman, and Killer Cross, so some Who's pretty good lucha, yeah pretty good lucha <laughs> representation uh in there as well, and uh Lindsay Dorado. In their East Coast appearance, uh, for those who need to see them this summer, they are already announced for a battle riot on June 23rd. Uh, as far as upcoming episodes of Fusion, uh, we do know Kings of Colosseum was this past. Uh, Friday as well and so we will, should start to see those episodes ramp up um, in the Fusion playlist including some pretty interesting spoilers that have already leaked about those tapings we're not going to share them uh, because that's just how we, we decided not to do that uh, for MLW but for any just, of
3: them we don't really, have really spoilers. yeah yeah
1: yeah For really any of them. So uh but make sure to stay tuned to Major League Wrestling Fusion. It drops each and every Thursday on YouTube. You can find tons of previous episodes um, online as well. And make sure to stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast that brings you everything that's happening with Major League Wrestling. Up next no, it's a segment you love. It's this week in Lucha Libre history
2: with Dusty. That's right, it's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at luchacentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre, and it's at luchacentral.com, your centralized place. For all things Lucha Libre. This week on This Week in Lucha Libre, we have decided to honor the career of Ultimo Dragon. He has just been everywhere. He has done everything. And so we just decided to kind of shine a spotlight on him this week. Also this week,
3: uh, on our calendars, uh, there was a bunch of Ultimo matches.
2: Yes, like
3: several.
2: (laughs) And it just felt like a natural fit to pick Ultimo dragon and he has so much going on. He started out at the new Japan dojo, way back in the 80s, but he was a smaller guy, obviously, and they did not draft him into New Japan after he trained at the dojo, mostly due to his size. So he went to Mexico. Back then, the kind of only competitor to CMLL was the UWA. So he joined the UWA, and then in 1990. I believe, no, 1991, he joined CMLL, and that's where he got the gimmick Ultimo Dragon. He was supposed to have been the last student trained by Bruce Lee, who was the dragon. There was a popular movie at the time, The Dragon Bruce Lee, kind of a biopic. And so that was the the original thing for Ultimo Dragon. But he really kind of superseded all of that and... Expanded past it really fast. Within a year, by 1992, they already had a mini version. Ultimo dragoncito So much was going on. By '96, he was already in WCW, and so I mean he'd won the J Crown in '96. He was in WC. You've probably seen that famous picture of Ultimo Dragon with all the belts mm-hmm. just draped all over him. That's the J Crown. It's about eight different titles. I think that it's been anywhere between six and nine. The debate
3: was whether that picture has eight or ten belts. That's the <laughs> that was yeah. the debate this week. Well, Somebody was that was,
1: one in there? Because he uh, was that he won the cruiserweight championship after the J Crown, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah, he okay. won the J Crown in October, and I'm not sure when he won the cruiserweight championship, but it was after.
1: Yes, uh, I think that was December. Then was that Starcade?
2: Yes, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah, I believe it was Starcade, and yeah, D- Dean Malenko, right? Yeah, Starcade. Yes, yes. That's correct. Yes, yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and but yeah, so he he had a lot of titles. He'd been everywhere. I specifically remember he had a WCW Cruiserweight title where he beat Eddie Guerrero, and that was kind of the end of Eddie in the Cruiserweight division. Just a fantastic wrestler. He's still wrestling. He did the UWA. He took it over to Japan. And then he did, uh, Tarayuman, And then, after that, he did WWE. Now he's got the, his own thing going. And, just exciting stuff all the time. He, you know, still wrestles. He was at Triple Mania, wrestling Penta, beat Penta, just a couple weeks ago. Still does the Dragon Mania thing lot going on for Ultimo Dragon these days. Very until exce-
3: recently, he was the Pro Wrestling Revolution champion. Yeah, and I, the way that he lost that makes me think he's probably gonna try and get it back.
2: So, well, I was actually just getting ready to toss it to you, Brendan. So we'll.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry, I it just
2: here. No, I yeah, this to, is perfect I timing. To add
3: some facts on yeah. that because I was there for that. He, uh, yeah, Ultimo Dragon got. Uh, Got the, the mask torn. They had a crooked raft. There was all kinds of things going on. Uh, so they're definitely going to do that. And so you've got him as a singles champion over here on the West Coast. Um, uh, he's, this is part of why we wanted to do this because he's still, he's going strong right now. Like he's, I would not be surprised to see him do a one-off appearance in AEW at this point in his career just cause he's looking good. Uh, oh, he, yeah he'd be a fun one to bring up with Chris Jericho's current gimmick like there's lots of ways that they could do that and that's I teased Miranda. I was like, you can't do a WCW match because uh, Miranda always watches WCW matches. The reason I said that, though, was because yes. I wanted to watch WCW. Ah, uh,
1: now the truth is told. I'll get to me, but I, I understood the assignment. So.
3: so I was, but I was watching a lot of his, uh, his work in the WCW cruiserweight division, which, you know, is well established as one of my favorite places to watch. Uh he even back then he had such a strong presence he um he's much bigger these days like he's he didn't get taller he just got bigger Yeah uh, <laughs> I mean he's
2: he's more hossy and formidable looking he used yeah. to be kind of a slight build and now yeah. he really I mean he looks tough
3: super super tiny back then and that was what I was noticing is that he just looked re- like I can see why New Japan wouldn't want him with what they were doing at that time, they they right were yeah football. they were
2: a lot bigger built guys, kind of giants, especially mm-hmm. compared to Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, yeah, just very different now. Of course, New Japan would love to have him now. Yeah. He's yeah. got to be one of their <laughs> biggest missed opportunities. And well, it, I think he's why they invested so heavily in Jushin Liger.
3: Quite possibly, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been him if they'd done that. He needed to right. they needed to have the have him go to Mexico and they needed to have him go to the WCW and have the WCW cruiserweight division explode the way that it did. And you just got a ton of matches out of that, that people really saw that these little guys could work. Like this is one of the biggest contributions was, you know, we, we always talk about Rey Mysterio uh, being popping out of that, but like they, they, it, the division was created there and Ultima dragon was one of the cornerstones of it. He held that belt he was always a strong contender for the belt um like he avoided the whole faction wars when everything else in w c w was getting kind of bogged down like i'm sure someone will correct me and say that, like he wore somebody's t shirt but that's not the the part that sticks in my head. I don't remember him betraying the you know betraying w c w or uh, or or standing up for w c w or any of that stuff just uh no. really solid matches right and uh, i just
2: remember I'm kind of feuding with jericho in that era
3: right and that's where i yeah. was going that's where
2: i was like uh, sorry
3: <laughs> no no but uh, that was why i was thinking it would be good to see it again because he did have a solid feud with that with jericho there so you could wind up with uh with that being kind of revisited with jericho's current I'm a Actually, sports entertainment. Yeah. yeah.
2: Ultimo Dragon said that he would like to face Chris Jericho in his retirement match. So. Oh. Yeah, you could have Chris Jericho retire him.
3: Oh, I don't. I. I mean, I want that, but I don't want
2: that. The heelist move, <laughs>
3: man. <laughs> Miranda, what what did you do once I gave you the?
1: Well, added I,
3: bonus from homework, sorry.
1: I went to two different extremes, I would say I went with not maybe a super old match, but a pretty old match, something totally out of my comfort zone. And then something more recent, I found um a match between Ultimate Dragon and Jushin Thunder Liger from War. Um, yeah. Ooh, in nice. Night Five. And that was fascinating to watch, really, because you know, the match itself was like over 15 minutes, but in talking about what you guys were saying about, you know, the the size of Ultimate Dragon and Jushantan and Liger at this, you know... Uh, time as well i mean they had this amazing blend of strong style but also that agility of lucha and that's something i think we truly have ultimate dragon to think for um something that is now a main staple in wrestling where you have a blend of that ultimate dragon and jushin thunder liger as well uh you know where where the the pr- the founding fathers of really. Um, and that led to them having so many interesting matches. But this one in particular, and at war, I mean, that was one. I mean, kind of take that whatever you see on Nitro and add 10 minutes to it, and that's exactly what you got. So a lot deeper in the psychology and in the ring work and the technical, like the, just the technicians that these two men are in this match was really fascinating. And for someone that tends to have a little bit of a shorter attention span – I was able to keep through it the entire time, um, I'm even looking back at that history So that was one end of the spectrum The other one was watching Ultimo Dragón versus Pentagon Jr. um, At Triple A Triple Mania Monterey And seeing that match in full And that is of course very different Because Pentagon Jr. is a very different Type of wrestler than Jushin Thunder Liger But um, you know I think as we talked about too The English commentary team um, Really did a great job Of explaining the history of Ultimo Dragón, his ties to Japan, you know, and really with the Ruleta de la Muerta concept, you know, how big it was for either of these men to lose and move forward in the possibility of losing their mask, but specifically Ultimo, Ultimo who's been, you know, now wrestling for 30 years. His career is old enough to, to, you know, have a, a drink or two. He has and tights
3: older than some of the kids yes, he's wrestling. exactly.
1: <laughs> so it's just fascinating. To me, it was truly this this blend of someone who went from Japan to Mexico in a way that he was truly embraced and really created this innovative hybrid style that was able to be showcased and blended very well in the cruiserweight division. I think that's something that I think if he had only stayed in Japan, he may have been a little bit more pigeonholder maybe wouldn't have been able to work so well with, you know, the likes of Eddie and Ray and Dean, you know. Um and in general too, you know, his his playbook now is just kind of now common wrestling moves, uh, for yep. you know, high flyers, for those who are very big into speed. And it's truly because of Ultimo and um this beautiful blending of Japanese and, and lucha libre style.
0: Mhm,
3: yeah he was the precursor to my to uh one of my favorites uh whose name is now i keep i'm gonna keep cool grand medallique is mm-hmm. the the name that yeah like yeah. also blending that Japanese and, and yes. uh style
1: yeah
3: and yeah. uh and, and i loved it i love it now i i loved it then so yeah well worth well worth your time to go watch go watch an Ultimo Dragon match this week, guys. If you need help, uh, I, any of us will recommend you one or a dozen. So <laughs> go for it.
1: Yeah, lots of great content online and of course, um, you know, Ultimo Dragon 2 under this Mass Republic, uh Umbrella, Lugidash dot com as well, um, with with things there too. Just um there's a lot, you can get your Ultimate Dragon fix uh, in a lot of places. So we highly recommend you do so. And while you're at it though, if you're online browsing for some things, you might as well go (laughs) over to LuchaCentral.com where you can find this day in Lucha Libre history as well as Match of the Day and more. Brendan, would you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com?
3: All right. So if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, It's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find what Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. It's a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of all of that, it's free. So go visit LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.
1: Thank you, Brendan. Up next, uh, you do have some CMLL news as well. Uh, just a little bit. I've been teasing for several weeks
3: that we were going to actually cover the Universal Championship. Uh, so I just wanted to let everybody know that the tournament finally conclude. Uh, those of you who would speculate and would, would name names, you would probably think of names like uh, Templario and Titan and Mystico to to be is somewhere near the finals, if not in the finals. And as it turns out, that's where we are. Those were the three names that I saw when I was reading the report. Once again, this was on a live pay-per-view with no video on demand options. so I had to, uh, turn myself over to other people that are giving out results. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, Mystico came out on top with the championship. He, uh, hit La Mystica, and, uh, this is kind of an interesting reinvigoration of, of him. As the kind of the main event guy in CMLL, like when he took the name Mystico back after being, uh, being under a different mask with, and partnering with, uh, with, with, uh, one of the other, with his replacement, uh, he kind of, he kind of did good. He was still super popular and did well, but he was never really all the way at the top of the card. But now here he is, the universal champion. Uh, with a, with win over two big names like Templario and Titans or Titan. So there you go. Mystico, your new universal champion. The way, to, a reminder on what that means is only people who hold Mexican national titles or CMLL titles were invited to this tournament. And, uh, so they, it's, it's sort of their version of a champion of champions. So kind of a big deal. But that's it. That's how I just wanted to sneak that in because I've been telling people for weeks we would have CMLL results and uh, we'd have the universal title results, and
1: here they are. Awesome. Thank you very much, Brendan, for those CMLL results. Up next, NXT, and really the big storyline happening within NXT is this mob versus cartel feud. Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo was the main event of the night. Before we get to that, though, we did have a uh, round one match of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James, in which Roxanne Perez did win with the Pop Rocks. Uh, her signature move and some of the accounts online is saying this was so far one of the best breakout matches, uh, thus far. And one thing that Roxanne Perez has really brought to the table with being, you know, so young is the ability to work well with a variety of people. So I really see, I mean, you have, you know, people like Nikita Lyons in this, which is very much more of a clout favorite, but as far as technical faith, favorite. Uh, Roxanne Perez is one you gotta keep your eye out for. Um, as we get into the main event for the night, just know, we haven't talked about it that much lately, but there's lots of video online about this feud brewing between Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar, really stemming from the idea of family. Santos Escobar and Legado de Fantasma is very much a faction focused on family, tradition, legacy. And Tony D'Angelo, as the new Don of NXT, uh, really relies on family to get things done. It's very much of a business-oriented pers- person himself. Brendan, I know, is that, Brendan, were you going to say something or add something to, to oh. Legato?
3: Oh, no, just, you said the thing. That's, that's, yes. cause that's what they say when they're in the mask, when he yes. they hit people with the loaded mask. So, yes. uh, I was, I was wanting to just, comment on how cool it was you you referenced that. But.
1: Yes, yes. I finally remembered it. Oh the and I finally remembered one thing. Uh And this has been brewing for weeks, you know, retaliation after retaliation uh, with Legado de Fantasma uh, interfering with D'Angelo's business, D'Angelo, you know, interfering with Legado's. Uh, They even tried to have a sit down and call a truce, but the truce was very short lived. So we finally had the one on one match between these two gentlemen. You know, interestingly enough, and we'll get into that, though, in a second, as far as both men came out alone. Uh, Santos did not come out with the rest of Legato, and Tony D'Angelo has now has some wise guys, some associates that he's hired on to kind of even the odds. Um, towards the end of the match, well, during the match itself, there, Santos landed such an awesome Frankensteiner, uh, on Tony D'Angelo to, to help try and win the match, uh, to no avail. But towards the end, uh, Tony D'Angelo was kind of fishing around uh, the steps area to get his signature crowbar. However, at that time, Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro came out, uh, pretty much on the ramp holding it saying, yeah, we thought, we thought about this. We're two steps ahead of you. And then, uh, the wise guy stacks and two dimes, which is apparently their names, uh, run in to kind of even the odds. Um, Santos ends up with a big right hand and ends up with the pinfall. After the match, we do see that Santos Escobar got some assistance from some knuckles um under the the corner of the ring, um, and so that's what he was able to use to leverage uh, that and win. Um, you know, a very much-needed win for Santos. It does seem like, you know, they're maybe escalating this a little bit further, which I'm not mad at at all at this point because – Again, any airtime that Legato has, the better. It's just very important to, you know, continue to, to see their presence. Uh, we do also see the presence of Legato on Level Up. I believe Electra Lopez had a match on Level Up this past Friday. Uh, previously as well, Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro have appeared on Level Up. So I do think that that's also a great way of establishing some credibility for the other members of Legato de Fantasma. Um, while also keeping Santos really the center stage. And I just have to continue to commend his promo skills are just so good. I, I love how NXT has allowed him to develop very good promo skills for a US audience. Um and I just I I love that. So uh Santos with the win but it may seemingly not be the end of this feud by a long shot. If anything, if Tony D'Angelo, the Don of NXT, has anything to say about it, he will get his revenge. Um, but that is it for this week in NXT. Uh Last but not least, we're going to transition over to WWE news with Dusty.
2: Yeah, this week we had... There's a new tag team. If you're into Japanese wrestling, this is probably right up your alley. AJ Styles and Finn Balor. This week, they were joined by Liv Morgan, and we'll get to that in a minute, but they were up against Los Lotharios. The whole pairing started because Los Lotharios offered Liv the spot to be on the kiss cam, and she got offended. And then AJ and Finn, they kind of ran off Los Lotharios, so she joined them at ringside. I don't get it the motivation exactly but that's what it was this is one of the best matches on raw in a long time obviously from the kind of individuals involved you knew it would be a good one great match obviously AJ Styles and Finn Balor won I don't know at least in a WWE context that there's any way to explain a couple of world champions like Finn and AJ losing to Los Lotharios so as much as I would like to see Angel get the win I felt that was the right decision. After the match, AJ, Finn, and Liv Morgan, all two-sweeted in the middle of the ring, really upset some nerds on the internet, especially when they did it at the house show over the weekend to kind of try the spot out. I thought it was a cool moment. I thought it was a great spot for Los Lotharios. I'm not terribly thrilled, but their spot in WWE right now is they're the tag team that makes tag teams that they want to look important. Los Lotharios helps them look important. Like, that's part of the deal. They they can put on a fantastic match and make them look important. And But there's worse spots to be in. I'd just kind of like to see a title run for those guys, see what happens. Hopefully it's a good sign. Seeing Los Lotharios move from SmackDown to Raw is also a good sign. We'll see maybe a little more of them going forward, hopefully. But, yeah, that's it for this week. Hopefully next week we'll have a little more.
1: Thank you so much for that, Dusty. And that's it. We made it to the end of this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. It feels good to be back with all of you in this format, so thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. As well as follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at Lucha com on Twitter. You can definitely check out Lucha Central's YouTube page as well. We talked about it earlier. It has the archive of all of the Lucha Central weekly podcast previous episodes, as well as the ones in Espanol and even straight out of the bodega. Papo Esco's uh, podcast it's previously been on and much much more like interviews matches and content you're not going to find anywhere else while you're at it go ahead and follow us on social media Dusty can you let our listeners know where they can find you
2: yeah absolutely I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy and I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy
1: and Brendan where can our listeners find you I
3: am 321 T-shirt guy. That's the numbers. 321. T-shirt guy is all spelled out. And I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I'm all over the Twitters. Even today.
1: <laughs> and me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda. Hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget, well, if you are an independent wrestling fan, promoter, wrestler, feel free to reach out to us uh, about any Lucha Libre shows and matches happening all over the U.S. We'd love to hear about it, watch video, get those notes so that we could feature it on a future uh Segment, a future edition of the Indie Roundup. And don't forget, tickets are still available for Expo Lucha Live at ExpoLuchaLive.com. The event is happening in just a few weeks. You do not want to miss the world's largest Lucha Libre Expo. Uh, happening in Philadelphia A place with lots of history uh, With Lucha Libre And Luchadors that we've seen Really on our television screen Since we were little itty bitty Wrestling fans and
3: uh, up and coming I just,
1: Yes up yeah. and coming as well So make sure to get your tickets Now continue to make those arrangements To get to Philly because you do not want to Miss out on Expo Lucha Live with that, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all, and we'll be back with ya next week.